What's up and welcome back to the DualSense podcast. This is episode number 96. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I am joined, as always, by your other co-host who forgot to update his Zencaster name this evening, so he has nothing clever to say there. His name is Travis, of course. Travis, what's, uh, what's going on? Um, I saw a bumper sticker today that said... Here we go. <laughs> It's really not what you think, which is why it's funny. <laughs> it's a honk if you'd rather be watching the 1999 cinematic masterpiece, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. <laughs> that was all on a bumper sticker? Yeah, it's fucking that's stupid. Fun. Oh, that's brilliant. And it's also 100% true. So. Uh, I just love that. That has to be custom made. They're not, they're not making those in mass. Is that is that two episodes in a row that we've gotten in a Brendan Fraser reference? Because we talked about Brendan Fraser and the Mummy very recently. Well, it's fair enough. It's the most run Brendan Fraser's gotten in like a decade. Yeah, he's a great Canadian actor. Didn't a woman like break him or something? Then that's why he like disappeared and like lost a bunch of money. Or am I making that up? Then he came yeah, back think... and he was like four hundred pounds, and he appeared in that in the in the movie, the TV show where the... he had a cowboy hat. No, I'm thinking about he was in the. He was in the Netflix Mafia movie that we went and saw. Oh, uh, The Mummy 2? <laughs> no, the one with De Niro and Pacino. And he was in The, the Irishman? Yeah, he was in The Irishman. I don't remember that at all. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he was. For, for some reason, there's a direct correlation in my head between um, Brendan Fraser and Dwight Yoakam, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, it's not Dwight Yoakam. For me, it's Kevin Bacon, because... I have this weird feeling that if we looked at it, that Brendan Fraser is one of those people that has like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, like yeah. I feel like he's attached to like almost everybody in Hollywood in a weird way. If you look yeah. at it, I don't know why. Yeah. But if you, yeah, six degrees of Kevin Bacon is kind of cool. Cause like technically just because like that one day at work, we met Paul Pierce, we're technically connected to every NBA player of all time. That's a good point. So it's like, it's really weird how that works. Like we're literally a third <laughs> degree away from Kobe. That like, is very true. I mean, not that Paul Pierce knows us, but, you know, we met him once. But the point is... Yeah, one of the so oddest crazy. things that's ever happened to us. That was a fucking weird day. I was really interested to see his stab wounds more than anything. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Travis, what is this podcast about? Oh. Uh, stab wounds. <laughs> stab wounds and six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, uh... I, uh, you know, I don't have much else to add. I, I had dinner with an old college buddy this evening, and that's also a great story. He, long story short, without having to get into everybody's life history, he is responsible. His job now is, is his responsibility is to bring sporting events to his town to create economic impact. And he was helping his local college try to locate track hurdles because they're hosting a college conference track meet and they on Wednesday and they don't have hurdles for said track meet on Friday night. Oh, sounds like a pretty big hurdle for the event. <laughs> it is <laughs> the biggest of hurdles. So anyway, they're on, they were on the hunt and they were coming through and we had dinner and it was good. Anyway, that's, that's all I've been up to. So I've got my iced coffee here. It's back. I'm sure that you're very pleased about that. I got my white chocolate mocha or whatever, white mocha. No, never had a white, young white mocha. Have you ever, do you ever jiggle the ice in your iced coffee? Oh, all the time. Yeah. You give it okay. the, you give it the, you give it the Starbucks swirl. I'm doing it uh -huh. right now. Can you hear it? Yeah, I can. I would equate that. It's a straw to, banging around. 
a rattlesnake shaking its tail is the equivalent <laughs> of a gay man rattling his iced coffee. <laughs> that means some shit's about to go down. I uh, just let you know they're there. Oh, I see. I see. That's funny. All right. Well, anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together every week and we discuss all of the news, rumors, new game releases, and much more in the world of PlayStation. We do it all in under 90 minutes, of course, and we release new episodes on Monday on all of the normal podcast platforms like the one that you're listening to right now, most likely. We also put it on the YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is the DualSense Podcast. And uh, you can check it out there if you like. And we also have a lot of gameplay videos there as well for all kinds of stuff across many, many genres. Uh, Gran Turismo, Cyberpunk, Crusader Kings 3, etc. All, don't forget to also find us on social media. We would love to hear from you and talk with you. You can find us on Twitter. That's our primary go-to. It is at the DualSense pod. But we're also on Instagram where we share virtual photography from our gaming times. And then also we have a Facebook page and a blog, which is the DualSensePodcast.wordpress.com. So look us up there and let's talk. Anyway, without further ado, let's jump into what is sort of a low-key, busy news week for PlayStation here, Travis. Starting with number one. More information regarding the upcoming PlayStation Plus Premium tier leaked out this week, as website Game Developer reported that Sony has set the stipulations for timed game trials with developers. According to the site sources, developers working on titles with a wholesale cost of $34 or higher will be required to create time-limited game trials of their titles, the trials must be at least two hours long and must be available to users for at least 12 months. On the developer side of things, games that cost less than $34 wholesale are not required to create a game trial. They have up until three months after launch to release their trial on the PlayStation Store, and this policy is not retroactive, meaning it does not apply to already released games. In lieu of timed trials, Sony does say in their new developer policies that they are open to custom game demos instead, but these will be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. Sony is also still allowing free play weekends, additional game trials, and custom demos on top of the required trial periods. Website Kotaku reported later that news of this requirement has irritated developers as this has not been communicated to them directly. However, it appears the reason why developers have not been made aware is because PlayStation, apparently, is going to handle the time trials themselves on their end. And developers won't have to worry with it, according to Kotaku reporter Ethan Gok, or Gatch, I don't know. In other PlayStation Plus news, Sony quietly disabled subscription stacking this week after a discovery that those who have both PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now will see their subscriptions roll over to PlayStation Plus Premium for the duration of their longest active subscription. So unless your subscriptions are expired, you cannot use any prepaid codes or cards at the moment. And finally, and even more PlayStation Plus news, PlayStation Network backend data for PS1 titles Mr. Driller, I hardly know her, Tekken 2, Worms Armageddon, Worms World Party, and PlayStation Portable title Ridge Racers 2 have all been discovered and are likely to be included in the premium tier when it launches. But don't get too excited as nearly 60 titles are set to leave the PlayStation Now service in May before they would be migrated to the new PlayStation Plus service including Metal Gear Solid 4, several Sonic titles, and some Yakuza games. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. You just take it where you 
where you please. I guess I'll try to start off the jump. So yeah. the, the first reaction is, you know, there's a lot of negativity around this. People think it's stupid. And it's not a good deal. Why is, why is having a, a two-hour trial or these old games at the bottom, why is that worth the premium cost? And, you know, that's cool if it's not for you. That's kind of why there's multiple tiers. Like, that's one of the things I was, I was thinking about when I was reading all the negativity online, which is interesting because, like, you know, Twitter isn't the real world. It's uh, just a echo chamber, no. really. And, you know, people complaining about this, the obvious answer is, well, there's two other, there's there's two other different levels. You could just do that and not have the, like, you don't have to do this. So like, that doesn't mean they can't criticize it. But I think that you have to. That's the annoying thing about all this. People are criticizing it like this is your only option, and <laughs> it's right. like when people are bitching and moaning about getting the vaccine. It's like you cannot get the vaccine. Right. Same thing. You just, can just yeah, just don't do it. Get the middle tier or the boat or the entry level tier. It's cool, and. Mm-hmm. If you're going to complain about the tier, at least have some valid points and saying, well, I don't think it's very good. That's not a valid point. Like, cool. I don't like I don't like sauerkraut, but like that doesn't mean it's not good. Like you have to have like some sort of data or reasoning for your arguments. You can't just say things and piss in the wind. So like that's my point is most of the negativity that I've seen about this. It's just people with blue check marks who wrote some article. They want clicks. They're being negative because that's what gets clicks. And they're just pissing in the wind with no real reason to back anything up. Okay. And that's fucking irritating. Like be a real journalist. That being said, the $34 wholesale cost, as you tweeted that, that I presume that means any game over $60, that would be about right. So, I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. I'll get into that. Yeah. And the weirdest thing to me about all of this stuff in this point is that the developers don't need to worry about it because PlayStation is going to handle it. Now, what does that look like? Like, why is that a thing? Is that a licensing issue? Like, do the developers have... The developers, I guess, don't really have pushback on this, really, because PlayStation will be like, cool, then don't, we just don't have your game. Right. So <laughs> either put your, Yeah, either put your game on the PlayStation Store or you don't. I mean, it's up to you. Right. So, like, that's funny to me. So yeah. if I was a developer, you know, I would want... I would go the case-by-case route. I'd be like, hey, let me control it because I don't want you to mm. give too much or give the wrong thing. Like... Both of yeah, those are pretty valid to me. I don't want them to see the wrong stuff, and I don't want them to have too much stuff either because, you know, hmm. if you're popping a certain level of trophy within two hours, some people might just, hey, let's drop in these two hours. These are all free, and let's just collect trophies really fast, right? I don't know. I'm just... That's a good point. I'm snowballing there. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of weird to me. I'm interested to see how that, that, that goes. The non-stacking thing sucks ass, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, they're a business. I get it. As far as these titles that have popped up that we've seen, um, you know, the, the first, the back-end data stuff we've seen, none of those really grab me. Um, the Worms being a thing is funny to me. Like, that's, the Worms games are exactly what I would expect to see, <laughs> just because yeah. of, like, what they are in a nutshell. But, you know, having these other games leave the Now service that would migrate over, like, you know, cool, I can play Metal Gear 4, I could play the, I could try a Yakuza game, like, that's interesting yeah. to me, so... Especially if there's trophies on those games that are leaving PlayStation now, there at the end there. We we also just because they're leaving PlayStation now at the moment doesn't mean that they won't still be on the new PlayStation Plus. Which we we don't know that we right. just know that they're leaving PlayStation now in May. And, and I think that at a certain point we will have games like those or of that quality or of that reputation, yeah, um, on the service. So if it's these or a different set, I don't know. But like you said, when we get that full list, we'll definitely know, obviously. But 
yeah, those those back end data ones don't get me too excited, but you know, you can kind of see where it's going. And I think people need to keep that in mind too. Like, what are these games going to be on the service? Like, it would be a Metal Gear Solid Four, right? It's not going to be Sniper Elite Five. Like, it is like, come on. So, there's a lot going on there. Know. But again, I I, I really want to see how PlayStation handles this. Like they're handling it. Like that's very interesting to me. Yeah. You make a really good point there, then. I think that it does, in a way, seem that they're not totally, totally organized, tiddly, totally organized with this, I, you know, because things are leaking out. They're having to shut things down on the back end to eliminate, you know, subscription st- stacking. All these kind of negative things are happening from a PR standpoint. And I think that goes to show that they, that they're not, totally organized on this front and uh you know that's that's a problem and but the thing about playstation is that they've never been really great at services they've never been really great at um like technology in a way like uh you know they're just certain like for instance we're going to talk about it in a little bit we just got a big ps5 feature that xbox has already had for instance like that's not that's not necessarily their strong suit like making a good powerful console like good powerful hardware is what they're most known for and now more so they're known for you know strong first party uh video games as well they've made that reputation for themselves but anyway back to the case at hand here so originally when this story came out game developer reported that it was the retail cost which is a lot different from the wholesale cost as cost as you know so $34 or higher retail game is what they originally said, which is, you know, that, that really changes the game. But the wholesale cost of $34 is a higher retail cost game. So my my personal math on what I think this looks like and why I tweeted that this, I think, is around like the $60 plus games is because what I was looking at is that Sony takes a 30% cut of every game sold on the PlayStation Store. So if you take a fifty nine ninety nine game, you take the the thirty percent off of that was eighteen dollars. So you're down to forty two bucks, mm-hmm. and then you probably you probably spend you know six to eight dollars on packaging, shipping, manufacturing a Blu-ray disc, marketing the game. So they're probably factoring maybe that that's their cut, uh, or you know partially. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to do some rough math in my head, but it seems like the $34 wholesale cost is like what your typical $60 game is, which makes more sense because typically your $60 titles are going to be the ones that you could definitely, you know, flip the switch on and say, okay, the first two hours of this is free. You know what I'm saying? And you're not going to run the risk of, to your point earlier of like, Hey, this game's only two and a half hours long. We're going to give them two hours of the two and a half hours. So I think by maybe, doing that going that route and getting those games that are the more expensive more premium games maybe you you avoid you know a situation like that so we'll see for sure about that the other thing that i think is interesting about this as far as you know the developer side of it and even the consumer side of it like should we have to pay for game trials that was a big discussion this week. Other people were saying it wasn't fair to developers, and then we found out that Sony was going to to do it on their end. And then I, you know, I'm not in the camp that thinks that we should have a demo for every game. Uh, I don't, I don't think that we used to obviously get demos a lot more often, 
uh, back in, you know, the day on the older generations of consoles. It's just not something we get a whole lot now. The other thing is that if Sony is going to handle this on their on their end and make these trials, then that's a cost that they're incurring. And probably the way for them to recuperate that cost is to obviously include that on the highest tier of PlayStation Plus. So if you want these time trials, then yeah, you're going to pay the, the, the premium tier service fee for that. And that's just their way of covering costs, I feel like. Now, some people, a couple of people on Twitter were mad at me about the subscription stacking thing because I said, I get it, but it sucks <laughs> on some Twitter thread about it. Now, before I say anything else, let me say that when I found out that this was a thing that you could, you could also stack PlayStation Plus and you would be locked into premium or however long. I went and looked at my subscription and I was, I'm locked into like June of 24. And then I went and looked at the price of PlayStation Plus on the website. I normally buy the codes from and it was 50 bucks instead of 60. I was like, well, I'm just going to add another year and save $10. Well, more than that, really. And so I did it. I bought a code. And then I didn't, I forgot to put it in that day. I didn't do it until the next day, the same day that they took down the subscription stacking. So jokes on me because I bought a $50 code that I can't use until my subscription expires, allegedly. <laughs> anyway, people were mad going back to what my, what I was saying. People were mad because I said that, but you have to understand, like, I'm not, I'm, I am a PlayStation fan. I am a PlayStation player. But I also understand that the, in the real world, PlayStation is a business. They want to make money off of us, which is why I said exactly what I said. I get why they're doing it, but I don't like it as a consumer. That's the way everything works. If there are loopholes in commerce somewhere, companies figure out ways to fix them. Whenever there's a price error on Amazon and I bought a TV four years ago, I bought a $5,000 TV for $500 because it was a price error. Guess what happened? They didn't ship me that TV. They sent me an email and canceled my order. <laughs> you know, like stuff, that's just the way it goes. I mean, that's the way it goes. So like I said, I get both sides of it and I'm not going to just be mad for the sake of being mad because I have a PlayStation console. Like where I'm going to call it like it is basically. But uh, anyway, yeah. so I've gone on and on here, but let's move on. Number two. Sony Interactive Entertainment has established a PlayStation game preservation team within the company, according to one of its newest employees. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that Garrett Fredley posted on Twitter and LinkedIn, quote, Today is my first day, or first day as I typed there, as a senior build engineer for PlayStation, working as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team. Ellipsis, thank you, SIE Global Head of Quality Assurance, Mike Bishop, and the team for bringing me on board for this adventure. Let's go ensure our industry's history isn't forgotten. End quote. Fredley previously worked as a build engineer for Canadian mobile developer Kablam, mm. but before that worked at Electronic Arts from 2016 to 2019, where he led preservation efforts for the FIFA franchise. It should be noted that after this story made the rounds this week, Fredley did clarify that he is not going to be involved in emulating games of any kind at least at this point, as his job is more so that of an archivist. Hmm. So do you, and, uh, you have any thoughts on this? Well, how hard is it to preserve FIFA? It's the same game every year. Like, you could just, just pick one, <laughs> the teams change. I mean, EA really hit its heyday right. in, in 2004, and it's been dog shit pretty much uh, since then, except for <laughs> Battlefield 1. Um, anyway, this is interesting because game pr preservation 
that wasn't what I thought. When I read the title, I was thinking, right. I wasn't thinking archivist. I wasn't thinking anything like that. What I was thinking was like more like a person whose job is to work with these studios, probably first party studios more than anything, to make sure that they were maintaining some sort of quality pre and post development. Um, that was kind of what I, how I took it. Like when I think about preservation, I'm thinking about like, you know, when you make preserves, right? You're, right. you're making sure you can still eat the fruit later. So that's kind of how I took it. Like yeah. if we had a game preservationist on Battlefield 2042, maybe some of the issues could have been avoided. That's kind of where I was with it. But as far as actually being more of an archivist, like what's the point of that? If you're not going <laughs> to emulate them later, kind of seems silly to me. So sure. You know, there's not, is there a PlayStation game museum coming out that we don't know about? Like, I, I just, yeah. I don't know what the point is if you're not going to, to reuse or, or uh, refresh or reskin the games later. It kind of seems silly. Well, you actually hit the nail on the head there when you're talking about preserves. He said that, or I think he said, or he may have explained his position a little bit later on, or maybe his time at EA, but he basically, the idea of, of this position is to, preserve the the games themselves like you said but also the development of the game how they were developed the tools that they that were used to make them so that like you were saying eating the preserves later on so that these games if if wanted to could be brought back in the future um for future projects so that is exactly what it is he's he is the guy who's taking you know Battlefield 2042 or whatever not not anymore because he's at PlayStation but just as an example and he's archiving it. He's getting all the tools, all the software, all the assets together, keeping it all together in a in a in a place to where later on, ten years from now, if EA decides they want to put Battlefield twenty forty two on PlayStation six, you know they can pull that back out and go back to that project basically. So uh, it is exactly that, which I think is kind of neat. But it does make you wonder what, like you said, for what purpose? I mean, why do this if you don't have it? if you have zero intention of ever going back to the well on some of these right, games. Silly. So yeah. So it does definitely seem like eventually one day that he would be resurrecting some of these things or the team would be resurrecting some of these things. Number three, Sony rolled out support for a variable refresh rate on PlayStation five this week with a new system firmware update on HDMI 2.1 VRR compatible televisions and monitors. VRR dynamically syncs the frame rate of the display to the PS5's graphical output. This increases the performance of PS5 games only by minimizing or eliminating visual issues with frame pacing and screen tearing, making screens render seamlessly, graphics look crisper, and reducing input lag. Several PlayStation 5 titles either have received or will receive in the near future support for VRR, including Astro's Playroom, Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Deathloop, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5, Special Edition, Dirt 5, Godfall, Spider-Man Remastered, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Rainbow Six Siege, and Tribes of Midgard. In addition to these natively supported PS5 games, players can also apply VRR to PS5 games that do not support the feature by turning it on in the system settings. This may improve graphical quality for some games, but should be turned off if it results in any poor performance. Or graphical glitches. Any thoughts on variable refresh rate? That last that last sentence reads like, "Hey, we don't know what will happen if you put it on <laughs> other games." <laughs> right. So um, if it fucks up. Be sure to turn it off. No, I mean it's it's cool. You know that could explain why my uh, 
HDMI wasn't working the other night and I had to reset my whole TV. Hmm. But yeah, like, is this what you were talking about that Xbox had, but we didn't? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like, that's interesting to me. Like you said, it's PlayStation is really good at making powerful machines, but they kind of miss the boat on some things like this sometimes. In a way that the way that, we talked about this before, but the way that Sony operates at PlayStation specifically feels very Japanese in their business acumen as opposed to American or Western, right. I guess you could say. And I think that's this is kind of a reflection of that. It's very matter of fact and like this is the way to do it. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's it, it exists in every kind of Japanese-related field that I'm aware of. Like car culture is the same way. Anime is the same way. Like it, it's just how they approach things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not always, I'm never surprised when something like this comes up later that we get we get later on at some point they decided it wasn't important and then they reversed position is what i would what you know i'm kind of getting out of this yeah i think the games listed are interesting the ones that are having or received or will receive in the future the support it's interesting like you know destiny 2 and dirt 5 like these are games that have been out a while you know why are we doing both of the cods like that just is interesting you know ratchet and clank you would expect the newer games like you know ratchet and clank or uh, Deathloop, or Tribes of Midgard, right? Something that's came out recently uh, that kind of would fall in. That makes more sense, but whatever. Yeah. Hey, if it looks better, I'm for it. I'm always for reducing input lag. That's something that's annoying, and when it's bad, it's fucking bad. So hopefully we... If this helps me move past that, I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, this is cool, but I have a personal problem with this. In that my television does support VRR, but my particular model of Sony TV, if I use VRR, it disables HDR in some games, and it also disables my, what is it called? My screen, my local uh, dimming, because my screen can dim like locally or whatever. Yeah, so I did turn this on last night, and I was playing around with it, in a couple of different games and I noticed that it turned off my local dimming. It turned off my extended dynamic range and something else. And Mm. I didn't, and I didn't really notice anything. I noticed that I didn't have those things that it turned off more so than I noticed anything with frame rate or, you know, performance uh, in terms of the frame rate or frame pacing and all that. Like to me, that kind of defeat defeated a, a lot of the purpose of my TV itself and some by not being able to use those features. So I turned the VRR back off. Because I got to thinking about it too, as long as games can give me 60 frames per second and locked, then I'm good to go. Like 4K 60 is perfect. You know, I don't need to play Miles Morales at 4K ray tracing in 100 frames per second. Like, I mean, I, I get that's cool. And I, if you want to do that, that's fine. But like for me personally, I don't need that. I would rather have the local dimming and the higher graphical fidelity with the locked 60 frames per second. So. I mean, it's glad that we have it, I guess. And one day I'll be able to have it all because I'll upgrade my TV again for about the 19th time, but I'm not going to do that anytime soon. So I'll just stick with my my normal setup. Number four, industry sales analytics firm, the NPD Group, released their March data this week. One of the biggest takeaways is that all consumer spending across gaming fell 8% year over year and 15% versus the calendar year average. As console supply remains constrained and consumer behavior shifts back towards experiential spending, indicated by a staggering 24% drop in hardware sales compared to the first quarter of last year. On the software side, Elden Ring 
Elden Ring remained the best-selling game of the month, is the best-selling game of 2022, and is the second best-selling game of the last 12 months as a whole. Gran Turismo 7 debuted as the second best-selling game of March and set an all-time launch month record in dollar sales for the Gran Turismo franchise. And finally, the top 10 best-selling games on PlayStation platforms were in order. Number one, Elden Ring, followed by Gran Turismo 7, which was also number two on the overall list, regardless of platform. Three was MLB The Show 22, which was fourth on the overall list. Horizon Forbidden West, which was five on the overall list. WWE 2K22, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, Call of Duty Vanguard, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Ghostwire Tokyo at number 10 on PlayStation, which was number 12 on the overall list. Any thoughts? Oh, the game spending falling is not, not crazy. I mean, it's not a release year for the console. People are still buying less from COVID. The 25% drop in, in hardware sales, you you would expect that because the game, the system's older. Maybe not that you high. Can't find but, them. Yeah, but it all, yeah, exactly. So they're not there. They don't exist in a way. I mean, they, yeah. Sony's put out a waiting list now, which you think they would have already have done that like, you know, 12 months ago, but whatever. So yeah, I mean, none of that's terribly surprising. It'll be interesting to see kind of where, where does the gaming spending kind of balance out? And we may not really know because if PSVR 2 comes out this year, that will also jump the numbers. Like, they're not going to be able to release something every other year that will, I say that, because two years after the VR, they'll be the PS5 Pro. So maybe they can, but you get the idea. So there's going to be a drop at least every other year. So I think that's fair to assume. Um, as far as the game list goes, nothing there surprising. Elden Ring is what it is. Uh, it's a powerhouse at this point. Uh, Gran Turismo being, you know, I expected it to be one or two on PlayStation. I'm a little surprised it's it's number two overall, but not crazily surprised i just i figured the show would be above it to be honest and after that nothing there's really surprising um i mean wwe surprises me that it's five but like no everybody likes it so i guess it really shouldn't be surprising first of all like you said the the 24 percent drop in hardware sales is a combination of things but most importantly it's because you can't find playstation fives uh, at the moment and I, I don't know that xbox is having that hard of a time with supplied it sure it sure doesn't seem like it based on twitter twitter talk you definitely it's very hard to find a ps5 right now so that in combination with like you said and like they mentioned uh, mpd did you know people are going back to spending money going to ball games or to a concert or you know taking yeah. a trip or whatever so people like your, your mom's only fans <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly and we talked we talked about we talked about this all of last year too that you know the numbers last year and really for the last 18 months were inflated from covid because everybody was home and playing games and they wanted something to do so we knew everything was inflated from all of that to begin with so yes things are declining but i would i would chalk it up more to things are returning to the regressing to the mean you know returning to the norm as it were so uh, on the game front Elden Ring, like you said, that is a beast. It's just, I don't, that's such a, that's so crazy. And then Gran Turismo 7, uh, higher than MLB The Show, surprised me as well. Uh, just, I think that's a really strong start and a strong debut for Gran Turismo 7, or uh, 7, sorry, number two on the overall list and two on PlayStation. That's pretty big for them. Horizon, I don't know if they'll ever, I mean, probably at some point, I, I would love to know how many copies Horizon has sold, um, but I guess for, 
on the list and five on the overall is not not bad for Horizon. The one that kind of surprised me, it was Ghostwire Tokyo, even charting at all, to be honest. But there really wasn't much hype for this game, I don't think. It kind of came and went, and it actually sneaked, snuck in at number 10 on the PlayStation list and 12 overall, so that's actually better than I expected it uh, to be, in my opinion. So, interesting. Number five, PlayStation revealed the lineup of PlayStation Plus games for May this week after they were leaked earlier in the week, of course. The new batch includes football, soccer game, FIFA 22 for both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, cooperative survival action RPG Tribes of Midgard as well for both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, and action roguelike game Curse of the Dead Gods on PlayStation 4. Did uh, you know anything about these besides FIFA, of course? Uh, What do you think what do you th- what do you think of the lineup as well? Um, lineup's not really that bad. I think you know FIFA will obviously get downloaded a lot. I think a lot of people will try Tribes of Midgard since it's free, and people love co-op games and you know survival games yeah. have a pretty big niche now. Do do people love co-op games? Apparently, are you one of the people that love co-op games? I enjoy co-op games, and they're not scary. Mm, do you think you would enjoy Tribes of Midgard? I'm, on paper, I'm not I'm not <sighs> annoyed at it, but yes. Um, okay. I'll try it. Why not? Um, I, I'm not interested in Curse of the Dead Gods. Like that would be a fun book to read. I feel like, but <laughs> I'm not yeah. interested in reading it. I mean, playing it. Yeah. What about Blessing of the Living Gods? I'm more about pain. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. It's funny. Well, I think it's actually this is a pretty strong month in my opinion. FIFA's huge, obviously one of the biggest sports games every year. Uh, so that's huge. Um, lucky for me, I already own it, so I don't get it for free. And uh, I'm very excited about Tribes of Midgard. That was one I was interested in when it came out, but I didn't want to play it by myself. Now I have friends that have no excuse to not claim the game and download it to hopefully try it with me. I was thinking you could just delete FIFA and download it for free. <laughs> just for the just for the mental the mental aspect of it that I can say I got it for free. Curse of the Dead Gods, I've, I had heard about it before. I watched some gameplay on it after they announced it. I might check it out. I'm not, I'm not totally turned off about it, but as we've discussed, roguelike games, I have discovered that they're not for me, but I'm not having to pay for it. So, I'll, well, let's not get into that. I, it's a part of my subscription fee, so <laughs> I'll try it and see if it's any good or not. People say it's very good. I think it, I think it got good reviews, but uh, overall, a pretty solid month for, for May. Number six, Travis, we also have a bunch of news nuggets as well. Feel free to jump in here wherever you see fit. First nugget, website Video Games Chronicle reported that a quality assurance tester at Naughty Dog has listed an, quote, unannounced remake project, end quote, on his LinkedIn profile, which is most likely the heavily rumored The Last of Us remake. So we pretty much know everything Naughty Dog's doing at this point. I just wonder when things are going to come out. Like, when's this going to come out? When is factions going to come out like <laughs> how much longer do they need on factions i don't fucking know oh, maybe it died also the uncharted legacy of thieves co- uh, collection is set to release on june 20th according to a leaked release date on the epic game store it's supposed to release on pc i should have said so it'll be on epic game store on june 20th most likely most likely steam as well playstation is hiring a senior director of pc planning and strategy to optimize their sales and commercial growth plan that's interesting because I wonder if they're going to start. We've talked about. I wonder if they're actually. What if they have the balls? What if they have the huevos? And I'm going to say that they do based on everything that they've been doing. I wonder if they have the balls to release PlayStation Studios games 
day and date, same time they put them on PlayStation direct, Five. Direct to PC. Mm-hmm. This makes you wonder. It makes me feel like they're at least doing they're at least doing some sort of trial or some sort of data mining. They're they're doing something. Yeah. To figure out if it's feasible. I agree. Also, a new image tweeted by Hideo Kojima seemingly confirms that he is working on a PlayStation 5 title as a development kit of the system can be seen in the background. He was also utilizing Sony's Moda technology to virtually oversee motion capture on the project. just feel like that's uh, another one of those things that's inevitable at this point. I feel like he might be not only working on a PS5 game, but I think it just makes so much so much sense for him to be a PlayStation studio, but we'll see. <laughs> He's doing some weird shit. It's kind of he's tweeting all the clocks and shit. He's yeah, up to something. He, he's up. He's up to his shit again. You know, he's up to his like teasing Easter egg shit. He's he's obviously teasing his next game, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody's figured it out yet. Just clocks. He just and it's, they're always like twenty to twenty five minutes ahead of the previous day's picture. Next nugget: the real life Tsushima Island in Japan will soon begin selling official merchandise based on the game at tourist and souvenir shops. It's pretty neat. 2K is developing a futuristic rival to Rocket League called Gravity Goal. Real original, according to insider Tom Henderson. <laughs> Go from Rocket League to Gravity Goal. Developer Infinity Ward revealed that Modern Warfare, I'm sorry, revealed the Modern Warfare 2 logo this week as they start to ramp up the marketing machine for this year's entry in the Call of Duty series. Very excited. Venture Beat report, uh, reporter Jeff Grubb said this week that the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel will be released sometime in 2023 for current-gen systems only. Capcom announced plans for a new Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak digital event next month to reveal new content coming to the game. Free-to-play life simulation adventure game Disney Dreamlight Valley was announced to be coming to consoles sometime in 2023. Players will build relationships with Disney and Pixar heroes and villains while marking, making their mark excuse me, on the land by customizing their dream village. This game's going to fucking murder. <laughs> no, I would just make friends with all the villains. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Like, what kind you of crazy would. village? The villain village? That's, I already named it, so we're in. <laughs> there you go. This game, this, I'm serious. This, is, this game's going to fucking murder. Like, we think Fortnite is big. I'm not saying it's going to be as big as Fortnite, mm-hmm. but this game is going to fucking murder. This is going to be the next game that like everybody streams, that we have all these weird fucking crossover things. Like every time there's a Marvel movie that comes out, fucking Iron Man's gonna show up in your valley or whatever the hell, your village. I'm just telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be big. Next nugget. A U.S. federal judge has partially ruled against Destiny 2 developer Bungie in their case against cheat creator AIM Junkies and Phoenix Digital. The judge deemed that Bungie has not provided any facts that represented an unauthorized infringement on the copyright for the game. However, the case will continue on the basis of trademark infringement. Here you go. Six minutes of Skull and Bones gameplay leaked out this week and offered some insight on the current state of the game. If you're interested and you can still find it, I think it's been taken down, copyright striked at this point. Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida told a Japanese outlet called Uniqlo that, quote, development of the latest title, Final Fantasy 16, is in its final stages, end quote. We were originally promised an update on the game this spring after learning that development of the game had fallen behind by six months due to work-from-home issues. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to come out this year. I mean, final stages... It's May, so you would think you've got no more than six months or so. I don't know. Yeah, but they've made... How many Final Fantasies have they made? So you can make the argument they don't really know what final means. 
True, that's true. This feels like a, a December game to me, like oddly, like this seems like one of those games that just re- that releases in one of the most random months to to put to put out a video game. Like you release this in December and it's just fucking huge. It's right before Christmas. People hopefully can finally get a PS5. You know what I'm saying? They put it out the same day as Call of Duty. Yeah, could, I mean they could. Fuck them. Also, website GamesIndustry.biz reported that PlayStation is also hiring Kabam veteran Chris Davis as senior director and head of mobile business development and former Meta and Zynga executive Olivier Portemanche as head of mobile product. Okay. Sega or Sega or Sega will be delisting the digital versions of standalone Sonic the Hedgehog titles on May 20th that will be a part of the upcoming Sonic Origins collection. This includes Sonic 1, 2, 3, Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Ubisoft shut down online services for more than 90 older titles this week, although they can still be played offline. They are mostly titles from the PlayStation 3 era and spans all their major franchises from Assassin's Creed to Ghost Recon. You can view a full list at Ubisoft's website if you're concerned. Konami announced that free-to-play title Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel has been downloaded more than 30 million times. On purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, on purpose. Also, former Square Enix developer Yuji Naka, the oh. uh, creator of Sonic, I think. I think he created Sonic the Hedgehog. Could be wrong about that. Huge, he at least developed huge knockers. Huge knockers. Revealed that he took the publisher to court over his unfinished work on Balan Wonderworld, which was a disaster at launch, and also claimed that he was removed as the game's director six months prior to launch, which led to him filing the lawsuit. Interesting. Cooperative packing and moving party game Moving Out has crossed 1 million copies sold. Likewise, Devil May Cry 5 has also hit a milestone, crossing 5 million copies sold. Website Push Square reported that new correspondence from Sony has indicated that the 340 additional games added to the PlayStation Plus premium tier will be comprised of a, quote, catalog of beloved classic games, end quote, and not just random retro games thrown into the service. Hmm. So sounds like they're going to pick the most popular ones. Which means that Die Hard Trilogy may make it, and, or Driver, because those were both PlayStation greatest hits or whatever. Remember they had the green bar on the, on the case? Yeah, I think they'll start with the greatest hits and go from there. I mean, that's what I would do. That'd be fucking dope. Next nugget. Virtual reality developer In Dreams announced that they will be revealing two new VR games this year, including their first next-gen VR game for PSVR 2. PS4 and PS5 cyberpunk cat adventure game Stray is targeting a summer release window, according to a new video shared by PlayStation. I still don't know what that game is. Uh, I don't either. I'm, I'm mildly interested in it, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Ace Combat 7 is getting Top Gun Maverick crossover DLC on PS4 at some point later this year. I'm assuming when the movie comes out, obviously. This won't come as a shock, but the PlayStation Store on Vita was experiencing issues this week with its search function and various other parts of the store, but has since been restored. Thank God. JRPG Tales of Arise has crossed 2 million copies sold, according to publisher Bandai Namco. Upcoming horror game, horror game, The Quarry. Amazingly, we'll have 186 different possible endings on PS4 and PS5. The script for the game is over 1,000 pages long, according to game director Will Biles, who also said that actors had to shoot 50 pages worth of scenes per day. 
Oh, I'm sure they love that. <laughs> or normally, I think they do like 10 for a movie. The game also went gold this week, Travis, so it is on track for its June release. The top-down stealth action game Justice Sucks. Tactical vacuum action will launch on PS4 and PS5 sometime this summer. Also, tennis game at Match Point. Tennis Championships will release on PS4 and PS5 on July the 7th. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received updates this week for Honor. Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Warzone, Terraria, Minecraft, Dying Light 2, Elden Ring, Black Desert Online, Grand Theft Auto 5, MLB The Show 22, Resident Evil Village, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Riders Republic, Neverwinter, Dauntless, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and Gran Turismo 7. A free trial of Street Fighter V Champion Edition is live now on PS4 until May the 11th. A trophy for the Stanley Parable Deluxe Edition on PS5 requires you to not play the game for 10 years before it will pop. Oh my god. Meaning, <laughs> meaning it will take you 10 years to achieve the Platinum Trophy. Or perhaps just manipulating your PS5 system clock for 10 years instead. That sounds illegal. Who knows? Who knows? Also, a new Sifu content roadmap from developer Slow Clap revealed that difficulty options are coming to the game in the near future. All future Need for Speed games will be co-developed by Codemasters Cheshire Cat and Criterion Games, according to new job listings at Electronic Arts. Activision officially confirmed on a recent earnings call that it is working on a new Call of Duty Warzone game to release later this year, as had been rumored. Warner Brothers' upcoming open-world cooperative Batman Universe title Gotham Knights has been rated in Taiwan for current-gen systems only, which is rather curious because it had previously been announced that it would come to last-gen as well. It's interesting. I don't know why that would be the case. Maybe the last-gens just aren't ready to be rated, which is also mm-hmm. interesting. It'd be interesting. It'd be weird to delay the last-gen versions of a game. Well, I guess Sherlock Holmes just did that. Yeah. But that was because, I think, of where they were making it. Weren't they making the PS4 version in Russia or some shit? Yeah, they're a little busy over there. Yeah, they're a little busy trying to be shitheads. Next nugget. Website Gamatsu reported that tactical RPG Fallen Legion Rise to Glory and Fallen Legion Revenants will launch on PS5 on August 23rd in North America, August 26th in Europe, and September the 2nd in Australia. Single-player 2.5D action platformer, side-scroller, and 3D first-person puzzle exploration game. That's correct. (laughs) It's all of that. American Arcadia was announced for consoles by publisher Raw Fury, but no release date was given. Free-to-play kart racing game Disney Speedstorm will launch on PS4 and PS5 sometime this summer. Another one that will probably do pretty well. Publisher THQ Nordic has delayed Motocross vs. ATV Legends from May 24th to June 28th. Mystery visual novel game Mothman 1966 will release on PS4 on July 14th. Quiz show game Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? (laughs) Or would you like my Ron Burgundy inflection there? (laughs) Will release on PS4 and PS5 sometime later this year. Planetary spaceship flying exploration game X01 will be coming to PS4 and PS5 sometime this summer. The game will take advantage of the DualSense haptics and trigger capabilities as well. That one looks pretty cool. Survival game This War of Mine Final Cut will release on PS5 on May the 10th and includes the original game as well as all DLC. Cooperative third-person shooter Glitchbusters Stuck on You was announced for PS4 but no release date was given. 
Publisher Arc System Works will release River City Saga Three Kingdoms on PS4 in the West on July 21st. Remakes of turn-based strategy RPGs R-Type Tactics and R-Type Tactics 2 Operation Bitter Chocolate were announced. They will be released as a single collection, but no platformers or release date were announced. And finally, Kimatsu reported that Metroidvania Shoot'em-Up The Night Witch was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch sometime later this year. And that is all for the news this week. I'll turn it over to Travis now for this week's new games. Big list of games this week. Holy shit. <laughs> Hope you're ready. On the 25th, we had Research and Destroy and Stride. On the 26th, we have The Serpent Rogue, Gas Guzzlers Extreme. Interesting. On the 27th, we have Escape 2088, The Sorrow Virus, A Faceless Short Story, The <laughs> Stanley, The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, Vampire Masquerade Blood Hunt. Mm-hmm. On the 28th, we have A Street Cat's Tell, which I, I feel like was just somebody saw Stray and made their own version. Mm. We have Sadie Alder's Blood, def- Definitive Edition. <laughs> nice reference. Arcade Archives, Yukai Dushuki. <laughs> okay. I uh, also have uh, Farm Manager 2022, which sounds awful. Uh, Ravens Hike, which they fly. Why would you do that? Unless it's that so Raven. Uh, we also have Rogue Lords. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> we also have <laughs> Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 on the PS4. Tasso Maki Behind the Twilight. The House of the Dead Remake. Waifu Impact. I couldn't tell if that was an L or an I. Good job. Waifu Impact. On the it's a very sexual game box cover, by the way. It's like a it? big big titted anime girl very sexual oh love big titted anime girls <laughs> on the 29th make sure you isolate that on the 29th we had breakout bricks burger run dandy and randy dx <laughs> <laughs> dandy and randy dicks dragon break classic many faces ravenous devils Man- and taco run Ooh, taco and burger run came out this week Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what those are. Is that like crazy taxi for burger ubers and taco ubers I can't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, who knows. Yeah. Okay, so that's all of the new game releases this week. That's quite a list uh, in terms of amount. In terms of quality, that's pretty questionable. Let's see here. Man, I mean, honestly, Blood Hunt, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt is probably the biggest thing on there, and then maybe Stanley Parable after that. I'm going to talk about Blood Hunt here in just a moment. So let's move on. Bye. Wrapping up the show, as we always do, by discussing what we have been playing or anything that we're looking forward to. So, what do you got? Yeah, erased a little this week. They updated the game and people were freaking out online. They said it's basically the same physics as GT Sport. So, they're like, why do we make a new game? And I understand part of it. I get it. You know, especially when you put in as much time as a lot of these people have to learn how to drive these cars, which are inherently more difficult. And they make it easier. So that can be frustrating. I get that. But but I will say, someone who has driven a very poor excuse of a race car and somebody who is familiar enough with racing to know that like the way the grip was falling off on the cars before the update wasn't realistic for the types of cars we were driving. Um, the GR3 cars, for example, um, in real life, you you can jump 
curbs with them and they won't spin out. You can like, okay, you can hammer them. You can drive them like a maniac. Really, that's what they're. That's that's kind of not what they're designed to do. But they're based off of road cars, and they're in a sense they're like they're like super V8s or NASCARs where you can really drive them in, in a way, and it'll take some they'll take some beatings, right? They're not finicky like an F1 car where like you touch a curb and you can get snap oversteer if you hit it the wrong way. So the fact that the new update lets me do those things is not incorrect. Um, and, and I think people don't necessarily understand that, uh, but I get it. I mean, you know, if you don't, if you just re- kind of do this stuff for fun, you're not going to pick up on that stuff. But if you follow it enough and you've actually driven a real car kind of in anger with other people on a track, uh, cars are a lot more grippy than you think. Just just pointing that out there. Now, there are certain yeah. types of cars that are impossible to drive because they don't have downforce, but that's a different question. But the point is, is they probably went too far in the other direction, and they probably need to land on the happy medium of kind of where the game came out and where it is now. So hopefully, hopefully that'll get there. They they did they did some balancing issues, which they've actually fixed a lot of the balancing issues. If you remember, I talked about how like there's just certain cars you can't even drive because they're so slow, but they've kind of balanced it out a little bit better now to where it's more realistic with what you'd expect differences in cars to be. So it's getting better. The people who are freaking the fuck out and saying it's unplayable, they're just they're being dramatic basically and they're yeah, they're just wanting to hear themselves that. talk. So it's not that it's it's okay, guys. Like, let's calm the fuck down. And there's actually some really fun races this week. If you look at it, they also added this feature where you can quote unquote rent a car. So like you used to be able to, if you didn't have a car and it was a certain type of car you had to use, it would let you borrow the car, but now you can rent it. And the cool part about renting is one, it's free, but two, if I go to race, um, maybe a GR3 or a GR4 car and I have one in my garage, I can race it. But if I want to try like the Volkswagen or the Jaguar, I can rent the car for that one race and try it. So that's pretty cool. So I like that. Yeah. Um, it didn't. It wasn't like that before, but now it is. So that's that's really cool. I do like that addition. But I think the game, it's it's not in a perfect state, but it's better than it was last week. Even though people disagree with that, I could tell you if you talk to people and read comments from people who actually race, dude, it's fine. So, anyway, played Chivalry two, had a blast. Um, had a guy get destroyed with a cross bolt right in front of me, uh, as I was mid swing mid-swing with a sledgehammer and he ate shit it was hilarious <laughs> yes i love that uh, i had a couple of bad games actually didn't play that bad um I, I went back and forth on first and third person and I, I i do that just kind of on a whim whatever i'm feeling whatever you know if i have a depends on what weapon i have too like you know if i have a huge sledgehammer i like to play in first person it's just fun i actually prefer shooting the bow and arrow in third person i just feel like Part of the reason is because I can get ganged up on by like 10 different people and being a third person, I'm able to like kind of stay alive longer and move around because it's harder to defend yourself. But um, yeah, we had a blast, uh, new maps. I got a trophy for winning 25 matches at one of the, one of the things. So it's a classic. It's fun. Like always. But yeah, other than that, I downloaded blood hunt so we could play that um, this weekend. You did. Yeah. So we could try that this weekend as long as everything works. That was all. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you had a little pregnant pause there. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> all right. So I also obviously played Chivalry 2, as you mentioned. And, you know, we've gotten back into it, obviously, the last couple of weeks. And I just am reminded why I love that game so much. It's it's wonderful. I love playing it. We talked about the whole first person versus third person thing. And you, like you said, you 
concluded that it is easier to play in third person, but I just can't do it. I'm a purist. Like I want to be in first person. I want to, you know, feel like I'm in the shit. I want to feel like I'm, you know, uh, a medieval warrior or whatever. So it's a lot of fun. I, I do think I can't get over. It makes me laugh every time that I have the great sword or someone else has the great sword and just seeing how comically fucking huge it is. Yeah. It's the huge. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's hilarious. It's a great game. If you, if you haven't played it, you really are doing yourself a disservice. If you like multiplayer games, if you're tired of shooters, you want something different, something that's going to make you laugh. Um, but something that you can also, you know, I mean, if you want, if you're ultra competitive, you can certainly, you know, grind on that game to figure out how to get good and be really good at it. Uh, Cause I, trust me, I get dicked on all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but also I, I did play some more crusader Kings three. I have a new episode up on the YouTube channel for that. I have episode four up in that episode. I finally, uh, took down my nephew and I thought it was Dublin, but I was confused. It was actually the County of Leinster or Leinster. I don't know how you say it. So that, uh, I, I love that game. I actually need to try to play some more this weekend to get episode six ready to go. Cause I already have five. So I'm going to, I'm going to at bare minimum do like 10 episodes and see how it does the first three are doing pretty well on YouTube, so we'll see uh, how long I keep going with that. But uh, I just love how like random it is and like the weird shit that happens. And by just playing the game, and I don't know, I it's just I don't know. It's like the emergent gameplay aspect of it. Like just things happen by you manipulating the the systems and and so on. So it's very cool. Uh, also played some more FIFA 22. Uh, nothing really to say about that messing around with Bradford and trying to sign some guys and whatnot. I played more Lego Builders Journey, some more of the story mode on that. It's a very, you know, zinned out game, very low key, uh, relaxing game. Uh, very cool. If that's something that you're looking for, I think that probably is a, is a good game that you can just kind of turn off and, you know, play for 20 or 30 minutes at a time. Played Battlefield 2042, believe it or not. I re-downloaded it after the 4.0 update to see how things were. Just check in, you know, after several months away. And I can report back that things are better. Um, definitely improved from a technological, like mechanical gameplay standpoint. My bullets seem to register better now, for example. So yeah, they've, they've put in some work. Um, weird glitches are gone. Uh, that sort of thing. So it's cleaned up. I'll put it that way. However, it should be said that it shouldn't take six months or whatever after launch for the game to be in this state. So just further cements that they should have delayed uh, and and brought it out sometime this year. But it is what it is. It's It's better now than it ever has been. And that's the case with games like this that come out in a not great place is that the next update is always going to be the best version and they're going to be better then than they ever were. Anyway, the last thing I played was Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt and I played it for like an hour and a half last night and I think that it's pretty good. Uh, it's a third person uh, battle royale style game. The thing that I think is that makes it better for me than other battle royales is that they're it it inherently makes it to where it's kind of pointless to hide. 
or to not engage with people, I feel comfortable. Like on when I play Fortnite, I'm like, there's like a sense of dread of like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to die so fast because then I got to do it all over. And then, okay, so let's like get some stuff and let's hi- try to hide and survive till the end. Like, I don't feel that way with Blood Hunt. Like, I feel like it's more of like a shooter than Battle Royale. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the, uh, it plays kind of like infamous on PS3 in terms of the traversal. Like you're just climbing up buildings, like jumping over shit, whatever. Uh, the, the gunplay feels good. It's got a good variety of weapons from like crossbows to sniper rifles to, uh, you know, Tommy guns, like all kinds of shit. And then the different classes have different, um, skills and whatnot. So it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm digging it so far. And then there's kind of like a, a little bit of like story elements that they're trying to mix in there. So that's kind of neat too, I guess. Um, you can kind of take it or leave it, but yeah, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's, listen, it's free. As I say, I've definitely played much worse for, for the price of free. I've played worse for 20 bucks as I recently talked about on the show. So, uh, definitely download that and give that a shot on PS five. It sounds like we're going to give it a shot this weekend. So anyway, that's all we got for the show. We'll uh, get out of here now. If you guys enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We'll get delivered to you on a Monday on your podcast feed. And if you would also consider leaving us a review or at the very least giving us a rating of stars or thumbs up or whatever the case on your podcast app, that helps us out greatly with algorithms and the like. We're always trying to beat some algorithm is the problem. AI somewhere. And uh, also, don't forget to share us with a friend or a loved one who you think may enjoy the show. You have some PlayStation fans in your life. And uh, uh, also, finally, don't forget to find us on social media as well. We'd love to hear from you on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at the DualSense Pod or the DualSense Podcast. One of those two will work for you if you search it. And uh, yeah, we'll get out of here. So you guys take care. Have a great week. And we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.